Good morning, everybody. How are you? Welcome to our live stream here from Walden Road Baptist Church here in Corpus Christi, Texas. Uh, well, we have a, a few different things to talk about. Of course, I have to mention something about the Corona virus. Um, uh, we, we, we might be all experts on it now, but, but my advice is, you know, do the things that you're asked to do. Wash your hands, sanitize, avoid crowds, uh, social distancing is the, is, the, is the word of the day. But don't live in fear, but live in the joy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Next week I will have a message on difficulty and joy, how they go hand in glove. So tune in for that as well. Uh, I want to give a little perspective to, to the people of, of God. Remember, there's five entities, right? There's me, there's others, there's others that are at risk, there is first responders and medical staff and personnel, and then there's medical facilities. These are all related to one another. So if I get infected, but I may not know it, I could easily get another person infected. Or if they are infected and they don't know it, they could infect me. And when that happens, then there are some people that I, that I won't be able to see, like some of the older folks that are family and so on and so forth. So be, be careful, would you? Uh, pay attention and respect one another. This past week, uh, I had a meeting with some, some pastors from the, from the city of Corpus Christi, uh, and we, we have discussed some things. One of the things that we wanted to be sure that the people in Corpus Christi know is that we will represent Jesus Christ well in the city and, and, and uh, represent each other well. Uh, we'll, we want to encourage everyone to be faithful to their church and to their, and to their pastor. So stay tuned, there might be some more uh, uh, live streams and messages coming from uh, a body of Christ. And I'm sure that the, the pastors, we will have more pastors join uh, as well. I want to, in particular, my church, Walden Road Baptist Church, I want to congratulate you on your loyalty and faithfulness and gener in generosity uh, to our church. Thank you so very much. You have been exemplary in your support. Thank you. Uh, I miss you. How I love getting together with my people. I love hugging my folks. I love shaking hands. I love talking, even a little bit of joking, uh, and, and the sweet, sweet fellowship that you are and that you give. Thank you so much. Uh, I, I, I just love you and, and miss you. Um, and thank you, thank you for giving. You've been exemplary. Uh, here's, here's, here's my check once again. Uh, and uh, I want to I be an example. Uh, if you receive this, uh, this live stream, even from out of town, and you, you would like to support, here are some ways that, that you can do it. You can do it by mail, in person, online by wrbc.cc, wrbc.cc, and you can do it by tightly by the tightly app. Um, so, uh, be faithful, and, and we we appreciate it so very much. Also, I want to suggest to try to get the maximum out of this worship time. Uh, gather as a family. Don't multitask. Uh, maybe have a discussion after the message 
with each other about the message and some of the points that you might have gotten out of it. Uh, and then in the future, maybe next week or whatever, we hope to bring some music, some worship music in as well. We're in investigating as to how we can do it. So um, yes, I hope to talk to you, to some of you during the week. Uh, if you have a birthday, I will give you our usual hip 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 hip, hip hooray. So here's a hip 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 hooray for Nur Nuria and one for Allison. I go hip 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 hip, hip but you have to go hooray. <laughs> hip 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 at Walden Road Baptist Church. God bless you. Now, as we shared before, and there's a lot to share today, the, the whole epistle, the one chapter epistle of Philemon, we will review that. And obviously we can't do everything because we don't weeks uh, over the, 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 the different uh, verses. So, but I'm gonna try to get all the 25 verses in today. Obviously take some of the highlights and some of the shortcuts, but hopefully we, we, we get enough in there for you to really benefit from it, even if this is your first time uh, on, the, on the Philemon message, uh, enough to benefit from it for all your relationships to improve. So Philemon has great lessons. There's a lot to share, so you, so you bear with me. Um, as we come to the conclusion of this epistle uh, to Philemon, the overarching theme is this. The show and tell of love and grace. I'll say it a little bit different. Love and grace exemplified. Love and grace exhibited. Love or beloved are mentioned six times. Uh, the idea of love and grace is all over it. So even if it is not mentioned in, this, in, in the words of love or grace or beloved, it is the idea is there all over the place. So. Obviously, there are three main ca characters in, in this epistle. <clears throat> you have, obviously, Philemon. That's the name of the epistle. It is written to Philemon. Philemon was a well-to-do uh, citizen of Colossae, and he had uh, a, a slave called Onesimus. That is an important name, Onesimus, because it means profitable, and later on we'll have something to say about that very name. Uh, as the epistle has a lot to say about him uh, in person, but not necessarily specifically about the name. But we'll, we'll, we'll highlight that. And then, of course, there's Paul the Apostle. So this is the scenario. Uh, Onesimus was a slave of Philemon. And according to the scholars, and as the, the epistle indicates later on, uh, apparently he, he might have stolen some from his, his owner. And he fled in those days. Both were uh, crimes that had that as a consequence. Um, uh, running away one and then stealing two. And on, on his flight away from there, he came across uh, somebody named Paul, the Apostle Paul. And uh, through Paul's ministry, Onesimus was one to Jesus Christ. He was saved and became a follower of Jesus Christ. Obviously, from the, from the text, you can see that Paul had dis discipled him considerably. And then Paul sends him back with Tychicus, sends him back to, uh, with this letter in hand, to go back to Philemon. And this is what this epistle is about. Um, obviously, 
there is a, a, a fourth character. <laughs> the, the same fourth character as was with uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the, in the, in the fire. Uh, and without whom, Jesus Christ himself, we don't have these transformations, these beautiful displays of love and grace, except him and his ministry to us as he saves us to become his children and be, be, be filled with the Holy Spirit and have uh, be justified and be sanctified such that we might walk uh, sort, of, sort of like Jesus. So that is uh, my take there, my wind up, my introduction-ish uh, to Philemon. So I'm going to give you my outline now. The first point is Paul's greeting, verses 1 through 3, and I'll read that in, in just a little bit. Secondly, Paul's describing of Philemon, that is verses 4 through 7, and you'll see those on your screen after a while. The third point is Paul's intercession for Onesimus as he intercedes and, uh, uh, and pleads for Onesimus that Philemon will take him back. And then for the, the conclusion, verses 22 through 25. Paul's greeting, Paul's describing Philemon, Paul's intercession on behalf of Onesimus, and the conclusion. So let me read verses 1 through 3. And uh, Paul's greeting. Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved friend and fellow laborer, to, to the beloved Aphia and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in your house. Verse 3, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So apparently there was a house church over there, Sometimes we, in this age, uh, want to uh, take the house churches that were in, in Jesus' time and want to make a doctrine out of that. Uh, but if you have house churches, pretty soon you outgrow the house church. Then you have to go to a bigger, bigger building. And so hence we, we end up with the, the church buildings that we see these days. House churches are still uh, welcome to, to, to exist and, and, and shoot. Sometimes even when churches get started. Secondly, then, Paul is describing Philemon. And in verses 4, 5, and 6, he says this, I thank my God making mention of you always in my prayers, hearing of your love and faith, which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints, that, verse 6, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. So basically he's saying over here that uh, uh, Paul is saying, I, I, when I pray, I remember you in every prayer and I mention your name to the Father. I lift you up before the Father because you are such a precious uh, brother in Christ, a beloved friend and a fellow laborer, he calls him. And then he, he goes on to say that I'm hearing, <laughs> All the way in the prison uh, in Rome from Colossae, which is quite a, quite a ways away, uh, he hears about the love that Philemon has for the Lord Jesus Christ and for the saints. What a testimony. And I wonder sometimes if we have a testimony like that, the, that we love the Lord Jesus Christ, have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and we love the brethren. 
our brothers and sisters. What a testimony. Uh, and how far is the testimony going? Do some people know it? Or do you even have a testimony of that kind of caliber? Is that what your brothers and sisters say about you? Is that what they say about you in the restaurant? Is that what they say at the bank? Is that what they say about you? Ah. And then he goes on to say, he says, uh, there's every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. There's only good things in me as well as in Philemon uh, uh, because of Jesus Christ being in us, right? So every good thing, we have a, if we get the knowledge of that as Philemon had, uh, uh, Paul is saying to him that that knowledge might uh, work itself out, might show up in how you share the gospel with other people in that your sharing has will become much more effective. Oh, wow. This is my prayer for our church, that our people would have uh, such a love for the Lord Jesus Christ and knowing the good things that are in Him, in us because of Him, that our sharing of our faith will be effective. Yes, effective. Yes, thank you. And then in verse 7, um, he describes uh, Philemon as, this is my life verse. He describes Philemon as, uh, we have great joy and consolation. I like to use the word encouragement, which is the same root. We have great joy and encouragement in your love because the hearts of the saints are refreshed by you. So here you have this verse uh, that, that Paul is describing uh, Philemon with. And this is my life verse because I want to love my brothers and sisters in such a way that there will be great joy coming their way and there will be a, a great encouragement coming their way just because of the way I love them in Christ and that their hearts will be refreshed. There will be uh, nutritiousness will be uh, uh, deposited in their hearts and they will be refreshed uh, so oh I can't tell you how special that is to me and how special I hope it is to you that your life will reflect that sort of uh, walk the third point is Paul's intercession for uh, on behalf of Onesimus verses 8 through 21 I'm looking at my watch just to see yeah we, we're looking pretty good um, in verse 8 I'll read verse 8 and 9 because I'm going to combine them for you. In verse 8 he says, Therefore, though I might be very bold in Christ to command you what is fitting, yet for love's sake I rather appeal to you being such a one as Paul, the aged, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Wow. This is, this is a huge deal as Paul in his intercession on behalf of Onesimus is teaching us so many things including how to talk Paul is saying here so there's a, a combination of words there that I love to bring to your attention though I fill in the blank yet for love's sake I rather fill in the blank so though I have the authority to tell you what to do yet for love's sake I rather appeal to you or you might fill in the blank though I should be upset with you for what you've done yet for love's sake I rather 
give you a hug and go the way of love. And my dear brothers and sisters, this is what Paul is teaching us over here. That the way of love always is, is a better way. Uh, that's the way it seems to work out anyways. And, and I think it, that makes sense. Teaching us how to talk. Rather than, he, because of the authority that he has as an apostle, he could have ordered Philemon to do his duty and, re, and, and receive Onesimus. But rather he says, I come in the way of love and I appeal to you to receive Onesimus. So when we have that kind of insight, then of course our attitude changes as how we should approach somebody else and our language will change as to how we speak to somebody. Uh, uh, we, we speak in a different tone, in a different posture, in a different volume, and a different choice of words when we speak out of love to somebody. And our attitude will show up as well that it is a kind, loving attitude. And this is the way we should speak to one another, brothers and sisters. This is what Paul is demonstrating us over here. This is what he's teaching us over here. Verse 10 is a big, is a big verse. And I, I like to spend just a little bit of time here. He says in verse 10, I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten while in my chains. He says, I, 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 I appeal to you. Here is that word again. I appeal to you for my, on behalf of my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten while in my chains. While in prison, while in his chains, while he was chained up, Paul gave spiritual birth, so to speak. Obviously, it is the Lord Jesus Christ who ultimately gives spiritual birth, the Holy Spirit. And, uh, but it was through Paul that he was born again, Onesimus. That had become a child of God. And he called him his son. Because in the Christian faith, in the Christian walk, in the church, there are some that are, have become sons of some spiritual fathers. A father-son relationship in the spirit. Or you could call it a spiritual father-son relationship. And this is real. And there are some tangible things that I want to bring out to you as to what that looks like. A father and a son. Uh, so, in a, in a father-son relationship in the church, a spiritual relationship... The father prays often for his son, right? That makes sense. Um, I pray often for my sons. Uh, when Paul used to say, when I used to read Paul saying, I pray for you day and night, I used to think, Paul, <laughs> I think you're exaggerating. But when my son started driving cars and got his license, I was praying for him day and night. When he was going out at night, I was praying for him. Obviously not day, not all day and all night, but our spring. So Paul was not exaggerating. Paul, when you have a, a, a spiritual son, you pray for him. You spend obviously time together. It doesn't have to be every day, but certainly that often on a regular basis, you spend time together to speak about the things of God, whether it is in a Bible study, in a book study, or you're just talking about the things of God that you know that the scriptures are speaking of and that you want to instruct your son to to walk in in that way and with that comes of course also a christ-like fatherly example spiritual example that the spiritual son can see how you walk 
that he can see, uh, or if it's in the case of a mother and a daughter, that she can see. I'll just stay with the, 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 the male example so that I don't have to go back and forth, but you know what I'm, see, what I'm saying. It is both for male and female. That the son can see how you walk, that he might see your example, how you love your wife, how you treat your children, how you treat the waiter or waitress in a restaurant, how if he follows you to the bank, how you treat the cashier at the bank and the people at the bank in life, in period, how you do business-ish. And, and this is the example. Um, because the, the, the teaching, uh, when we are teaching other people, I'm a tennis pro, so I know very well, it is not just about information. It is a lot about formation. How can I have my student hit a forehand or a backhand and hit it right? What do I need to do? What ways do I need to find? Is she or he a, a visible, a visual student? Is, are they an, uh, uh, can they audibly, or, or an example? What, what, what do I need to do? Um, so it is not just about information, it's also about formation. That is not just to tell, but also to show and to request from your student or your son or your daughter to request from them that they would do what you're asking them to do because without which they are not they are not really learning they are just gathering knowledge are you following what i'm saying and then uh when you come to the fellowship as a father you come to give to the sons when i grew up my parents they provided the meals and the children we as children came to the table just to fill our bellies our parents were not there to fill their bellies they were there to fill our bellies so the parents fill the bellies of the children so the primary reason why then a, a spiritual father comes to the fellowship is not to get his belly filled he, he comes there to fill bellies he's not coming there to get he's coming to the fellowship to give yes and sometimes as a father you get a short end of the stick that's part of the deal that's part of the deal my brothers and sisters and of course you will encourage your son or daughter greatly that is about the spiritual father-son relationship there's so much more uh, to uh, to say about this but we have limited time um, verse 11 uh, who once was unprofitable to you but now is profitable to you and to me listen i find it amazing i find it fascinating right that onesimus the name onesimus means profitable but for a part of his life most of his life so far because he's not been safe very long most of his life so far he was unprofitable totally contrary his name but isn't it fascinating that God had already decided in his name even that Onesimus was going to be profitable. I find that fascinating because sometimes in life we, we get labels, whatever the label might be, whether it's positive or negative, whatever, what, names called, nicknames, whatever. And sometimes we hang on to those as if that was God's idea about us no 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 in Christ Jesus God has so much more for us he has for us uh, 
an overflowing abundant life is what he has for us so that you might be profitable not only for the, for the kingdom of God but it might be profitable to brothers and sisters and that it might be profitable to unbelievers that might come to know Jesus Christ so if you're being called by a label whatever the label might be don't believe it you go to God and let him give you a label uh, uh, one of the brothers in the church uh, was talking to me about his his baseball uh, uh, playing and they had a name for him called Slowpoke <laughs> and I told him I said Mark you know what when you hit the ball poof when you hit it over the fence you can you can run as slow as you want to matter of fact maybe you want to run slow around around the bases showing hey you know I, I can take my time here baby I hit the ball out of the park so hey yeah I'll, I'll take some of this you know not in an arrogant way but it's just a fun way of explaining to him Mark you don't, you don't have to uh, take that nickname you don't have to live like that nickname if you can hit the ball out of the park you, you're, you're good to go so please don't let labels from the past stay with you God let God's label come on you you have a new name you're now part of the Christian family in Jesus Christ and in verse 12 Paul is saying I'm sending him back to you uh, therefore receive him that is my own heart real quick on this um, uh, uh, once again Paul is uh, appealing to uh, uh, Onesimus to receive him that's one thing and he says as my own heart that makes Onesimus very special to Philemon. If somebody would, a close friend would send somebody to me and say, receive him as my own heart. Okay, he's immediately in a whole different um, category, in a whole different observation than, than otherwise would be. My friend is saying, he is my own heart. Verse 13, whom I wish to keep with me, that on your behalf he might minister to me in my chains for the gospel well uh, I would have kept Onesimus here to to minister on my be on on your behalf as you would minister to me but I didn't think it wise because I didn't want to do anything without your consent and then he goes into verse 14 which reads like this but what without your consent I wanted to do nothing that your good deed might not be by compulsion, as it were, but voluntary. Uh, that, 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 that's a, a big verse. Once again, Paul is teaching us to talk. Paul is teaching us uh, an attitude in communicating. Paul is teaching us how we as brothers and sisters should relate to one another in, in words, in the way we speak to one another. And he, and he, and he says, I, want you, I, want, I wanted your consent. I, want, I didn't want to do anything without your permission. I didn't want to do anything with your, with, without your agreeing. I didn't want to do anything without uh, uh, your consent. Uh, but you, you, you agreeing with this thing uh, so that uh, we were would be on the same page and uh, I, I would have uh, a favor with you in asking this. That you would do it as a favor, willingly, and not just because somebody was telling you or asking you so then there's a, a way of asking things there's a way of of building consent in, in where I'm looking from 
And so um, I'm going to give you a few expressions that, that I think build consent. Um, so we can talk kindly and we can speak winningly. Getting permission, getting agreement. So let me give you a few examples. Um, honey, this is my wife saying to my wife, honey, uh, I have Peter on the phone and he wants to have lunch at, at, at 12.30 and then I'm gonna go have lunch with him. No, that is not building consent. I should say it's rather like this. Um, it, it's okay with you if I have lunch with Peter. It is not that you're asking for permission. It is that you are building consent. You are telling your wife you're worth something and I recognize it and I want to honor you that way. I, I want to build consent. I don't want to just take you for granted and just say, hey, I'm going to go have lunch. Or, uh, hey, honey, did you have different plans? Did you have some other plans? Is it okay for me to go? Um, or, um, honey, I'll be a little bit late uh, coming home. Does that work for you? Is that okay with you? Um, or you have, you make a proposition to someone, a brother or a sister, your wife, your husband, whatever, and, and say something to the effect like, uh, what, what do you think? See, that builds consent. That kind of talking builds consent and builds cooperation and builds, uh, uh, call it agreement, in, in spirit at least. Maybe not even in, 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 in the actual facts. Even the words like please and thank you. My wife made me tea this morning, some hot tea and some breakfast. And I be faithful to say, thank you, honey. Thank you, thank you. N nice breakfast, good breakfast, good dinner, whatever it may be. Consent shows consideration. These are two big words uh, that, that Paul is sort of weaving in there for us that you might glean from it valuable information. And uh, consideration to me is one of the pillars of all relationships. Uh, many years ago, there was a morning show on television. I forget the guy's name, but it was many years ago. But it was a, a gentleman uh, who had a group, a, a pretty large group of divorced women on his show. And there were many questions and so on. And I didn't really pay much attention to it. And at, at, at the time that I paid attention to it, it was, it was pretty, pretty much at the end of the show when he asked, I have one more question. If you would say one thing that caused the divorce from your husband, what would you say that would be? And as if they had somebody was orchestrating that, as if there was a conductor, boom, they said almost uh, uh, together at the same time. Uh, we found that they gave us lack of consideration. They took us for granted. They took us for granted. That was the common line among these women why they divorced their husband. Well, you might not think that that is uh, a reason for divorce, but when somebody day in, day out, day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out, year in, year, year out, gives you no consideration, gives you the message that you don't really, really count all that much. That gets old. And so I've never forgotten that because consideration. Because often we consider consideration an afterthought. It is not an afterthought. It is the main thought. It is not the icing on the cake. It is the cake. 
it is not salt and pepper on the steak it is the steak so let me encourage you to give not only in your in your talking build consent but also give consideration it will make a huge difference in your relationships in all your relationships not the least of which is between husband and wife wow now we go to verse 15 am i doing okay i, I think i'm coming i'm getting there verse 15 um here such a big word to me um for perhaps he departed for a while for this purpose that you might receive him forever wow paul says perhaps huh like like he may not be sure of the will of god in this thing uh, that that gives me such great encouragement it's not the first time that Paul that we find Paul like that when Paul had you know he God had taken him to the seventh heavens or was it the third heavens I forget now um, and had revealed to him so many things that 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 he couldn't share with other people and he gave him to so that he wouldn't get prideful he gave him a thorn in the flesh or let's say he allowed a thorn in the flesh and Paul prayed three times for the thorn in the flesh to be removed so apparently he was not praying according to God's will because God said to him, no, I'm not going to remove the thorn in the flesh. I'm going to give you grace that is even better than that. My grace will be sufficient for you. So, and I'm not, I'm not saying that Paul prayed to God, says, Father, please remove the thorn in the flesh. Father, please remove the thorn in the flesh. Father, please remove the thorn in the flesh. I see that he prayed one time, waited for a while to see if God was going to do it. He prayed maybe a week or so uh, uh, God please remove the thorn in the flesh and to see if God was going to do it and then three times he did that and then God told him I'm not going to do it I'm gonna give you grace to me God said to him I'm gonna give you something greater than more removing the thorn in the flesh I'm gonna give you grace to deal with it so that you might be a greater testimony to the kingdom of God and truly that is a greater testimony to me uh, because I myself often uh, don't really exactly know what to pray. Which one is God's will? Is it God's will for me to tell the guy that is asking me for money, hey, go get a job, and I pray for him to get a job? Or do I pray, Lord, how much money shall I give him? I'm not, I'm not always sure. Somebody is, is very ill and they're old, I'm not sure if I should pray, God, would you heal this person? Or God, would you have mercy with them in taking them home? So you, you can see clearly that I certainly am not always sure about God's will. And I'm encouraged to see that Paul wasn't either. And because if Paul was not, that gives me per permission also not to know God's will every single time without feeling guilty that I don't have enough faith or whatever the situation might be so but he says here perhaps he departed for a while for this purpose that you that you might receive him forever often we have as a pastor I know very well how often uh, you hear stories or you know stories or you are in the middle of some of these stories that fathers have left sons and mothers may have left daughters and sons may have left the parents and a daughter may have left the parents and 
and uh, maybe there was this separation for a season for a reason maybe uh, maybe God had a special purpose in it I'm not saying that every reunion is going to be a glorious re reunion but I know of many instances that when mother and father had left or children had left that the reunion came and maybe there had, there had to be a separation for that very reason to bring a reunion but when the reunion came verse 16 says this that he'll come no longer as a slave but more than a slave a beloved brother especially to me but how much more to you both in the flesh and in the Lord remember I'm trying to select some portions of it so that uh, uh, one I won't be too long in doing the whole thing and 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 two uh, that I, I get some meaningful portions to you so this this makes sense uh, and and ministers to you so so no longer as a slave but more than a slave a beloved brother no longer as a slave to sin but a brother or sister in Christ no more no no longer as a, a an unfaithful father who cheated on us on your mother not any longer a mother on drugs not any longer a prodigal son or a promiscuous daughter but like a born-again one a child of God saved and discipled under a solid Christian a solid brother or sister in Christ and they are now a new creation all things have passed away and all things have become new no longer as a slave but as a beloved brother or sister in Christ hallelujah verse 17 if you count me a partner receive him as you would me if you count me a partner in, 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 the, in the original text the word if over there is not a conditional sort of a thing it is more like it is confirming the fact that he was a partner a better translation might have been since you count me a partner uh, since you count me as part of you as part of your team as part of your sort of inner circle receive him as you would me so um, in, in in this verse then we see clearly that uh, Paul is asking Philemon one to receive him so he's asking for some action and then he's he's showing him how he should receive him how that Paul wants him to receive him what is the attitude what is the emotion receive him as you would me oh that is so awesome to me what a request receive him as you would me and in verse 18 then he says this but if here's that word again if he has wronged you now he, he has wronged him so the word if is not conditional over here it is confirming since he has wronged you but if he has wronged you or owes anything yes he owes anything put that on my account wow this is this is uh, what people in, in in theological circles call uh, imputation there is an exchange that takes place that Paul is saying you know he owes I will pay an exchange of my merits to his demerits an exchange 
uh, I call it the great exchange that that Jesus Christ exchanged my unrighteousness for and un, and self-righteousness for his righteousness a great exchange he took my my unrighteousness upon him and gave me his righteousness imputation the great exchange so this is what Paul is saying and then he's saying you know listen hey I wrote this with my own handwriting and this was not second-hand in verse 19 he says I'm writing with my own hand I will repay not to mention that you to you that you owe me even your own self beside he's saying I'm writing this with my own hand this is no second-hand the stuff that I'm giving you I'm writing this letter with my own hand I will repay this is my word that I'm giving you I will repay and how big is that then we're coming to a couple of verses that we did last week before we get into the conclusion a couple of verses that we did last week verse 20 is this yes brother let me have joy from you in the Lord refresh my heart in the Lord uh, what was going to bring Paul joy it was going to be that Philemon was going to receive him not any longer as a slave but as a beloved brother and two that there was going to be reconciliation so reconciliation we know is huge with God and always brings joy to those people who are reconciled always brings joy so if you need to reconcile with anybody today may I encourage you to do it it will bring great joy to you and to the other person it will bring great joy to you even if you try but the other person is not interested don't be offended by it don't lose hope by it this is what Christianity is so much about reconciliation as Jesus reconciled us with the Father and has given us the ministry of reconciliation so and then in 21 he says Paul says having confidence in your obedience I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I say that he will do more when 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 do people do more when you ask him something when do people do more um, immediately my mind went to the extra mile as I was explaining last week the the extra mile extra mile what what what, what a concept how how rarely done sometimes I feel like we don't even do the first mile that well sometimes we we're trying to look for loopholes in the first mile let, let me just say this the first mile is what is expected it, it is your job description it is what you signed up for it is what you're committed to no loop no loopholes please even then sometimes we try to cheat a little bit some loopholes but the second mile the extra mile makes the difference that is making the difference in showing people really that oh this man is weird this lady is weird this this young man is weird this young lady is weird they are doing more than I ask <laughs> the extra mile the extra mile makes the difference brothers and sisters because of Christ in us we can go the extra mile like I always say with a smile go the extra mile with a smile that makes the difference because no sense in going the extra mile mile with a bad attitude go that extra mile with a smile uh, at your job in your relationships in your marriage 
the extra mile with a smile. I give you a couple of um, uh, quotes that I gave you last week. Uh, one is, the extra mile is characterized by little traffic and smooth sailing. The second quote is, the difference is in the second mile, not the first. The problem with us Christians is that we are so proud of the first mile. Even then, we try to find some loopholes. Uh, real quick, just since we're talking about this, when we request from Jesus something, right? Um, what, what is the response of Jesus? We know that he will do for us exceedingly abundantly above all that we can think or ask. Exceedingly abundantly above all that we can think or ask. Not just above, not just abundantly above, but exceedingly abundantly above all that we can think or ask. He is saying there that we cannot even uh, fathom of what we should ask him because he wants to do so much more. We cannot even match what he wants to do for us. We, we can't even think or dream or ask for what, what, what he wants to do for us. Uh, so, but then when we flip it around, when Jesus asks us to do something, what does that look like? Um, what does that look like? Do we sometimes, I was visiting with our associate pastor Peter, and we were talking about it, and he was mentioning, you know, sometimes I have the feeling, he says, that people are obeying this virus thing, CDC. The virus is compelling us and we obey what is asked of us so much faster than when the Holy Spirit himself is asking us. Brothers and sisters, think about that. This is not condemnation. I, I'm, I, one of my spiritual gifts is encouragement. I just want to encourage you to obey the voice of the Holy Spirit. Come on. Come on. Let us, let us do what the Holy Spirit is asking us to do. I will read you now the conclusion, verses 20 through to 25. And this is the conclusion of, of the epistle to Philemon. As Paul is saying, But meanwhile, prepare a guest room for me. For I trust that through your prayers, I shall be granted to you. I trust that through your praying, that I will, I will make it and, and come stay with you. Verse 23, Aprophas, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, greets you. As do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, Luke, my fellow laborers. And then he, this is Paul's wish on Philemon and the situation with Onesimus. And this is my, my prayer for you, uh, you listening. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Kiss. God bless.